You find anything? You smashed the hell out of it with that extinguisher. He had a badge. What if you're wrong? I'm not. This is way past what I signed up for. What exactly do you think that was? I found a man who needed help, so I helped him. Oh yeah? That simple? Do you really want to get into this in front of him? He's out. Maybe he's faking. He's not. Okay, that right there, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, I find a guy in a dumpster who turns out to be some kind of blind vigilante who can do all this really weird shit. Like smell cologne through walls and sense whether someone's unconscious or faking it. Slap on top of that, he can take an unbelievable amount of punishment without one goddamn complaint. The last part's of Catholicism. So what, I'm supposed to take it on faith? I'm on the right side of this? You don't carry a masked man bleeding to death into your apartment on faith. You knew which side you're on the moment you found me. All right, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Gundam at MAHQ. This is uh, one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always uh, is Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hello. What is going on, everybody? Yo. All right. And uh, this is episode 160 of Gundam at MAHQ. In this episode, we're going to be doing two topics. Uh, first, we're going to be continuing our uh, reviews of Gundam G Reco, covering episodes 7 through 20. And 17 through 20. Oh, 17 through 20. I'm sorry. Uh, That'd be a long hard. switch. Yeah. <laughs> want, want the good old days of the you know 14-hour-long uh, reviews. Exciting times are back. Yeah. <laughs> 17 through 20. And our second segment will be, once again, another review. And that will be only one episode, but it will be the first episode of the new Gundam the Origin OVA. So uh, that'll be some exciting stuff. A blue, it's entitled Blue Eyed Castle. So I'm wondering who might be the focus of this episode. So, uh, guys, anything? Go Jimbo Roll? Yes. yes. <laughs> well, to a point, but crazy ass. Uh, <laughs> Guys, anything before we go into some news as I'm going over to the Neo's Listener Submitted News, or I'm going into the Larry King Memorial News Studio. Sorry, I'm... I'm you are the king! You are the king! Just flubbing it up big time tonight, and we'll be doing some Neo's Listener Submitted News. So, guys, anything before we begin? No, I'm, all, I'm excited to hear what's going on. All right, well, just a, a quick bit of housekeeping. Just, uh, guys, out there, just because something has a robot in it doesn't mean you just need to post it. Uh, I know it's all fun and games with the robot apocalypse news but just because an article speaks about a robot doesn't mean that that's the apocalypse we need to see how this will relate to the destruction of humanity through the um, through the silicone the silica menace the semiconductor menace 
But first, we're going to be doing some uh, regular news. And just like always, uh, we always start off with our evil Australians. And that's always the king of all the evil Australians. I'm sure we'll see him in the new Mad Max movie. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Of course. Uh, and that's uh, Vent Noir. <laughs> and just a quick one here. He's got a link for the new English dubbed trailer for, which is kind of appropriate, Gundam The Origin uh, Episode 2. Oh. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Three years have passed. After many ups and downs, the siblings are targeted again by the zombies' sinister plans. Sorrow. A brother and sister will soon be parted. Goodbye, Artesia. Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin. Artesia's Sorrow. Coming soon, fall 2015. Good stuff there. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer. And he has a link to the Gundam Guy blog. And this sounds pretty cool. If anybody's in Japan during these times, uh, definitely check that out. There's going to be... The dates are August 8th through September 27th of this year. There's going to be a Kunio Okuwara exhibit. Oh, nice. it, yeah, so it's going to be um, just highlighting all of his all of his things that he's done. It's um, the time is going to you're going to be able to go from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for almost about a month and a half there. So uh, seems like a pretty cool thing to do. So if you have the ability to check it out and you're in Japan at that point, uh, definitely check that out. That'd be some cool stuff um, showcasing all of his works. So thank you, Mr. Yokozuna Bulldozer uh, for your submission. Next one here comes from uh, Gundam Type Zero, and he's actually got some links to uh, the Anime News Network. I'm not going to go too, too much into this, but um, uh, guys, remember the show Aquarian? Oh, yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> Could you not get enough of it? Hey, man, I, 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 maybe one of these years I'll check it it's out. It's just a yes or no answer. <laughs> just a yes or no, no. answer. No, no, no comment. Well... <laughs> Uh, I tried watching it. I just couldn't get into it, but uh, I didn't realize now it's going to get a third television series. It's going to mm. get an OVA and get this even better. Now, not only do you get the anime series, you get the OVA, but man, now you can see it being done as a stage play. Yeah. Ooh, that's nice. uh, yeah. And uh, I didn't even know this thing was around for uh, 10 years. That's, the, how, that's how you know a show has made it. Yeah. <laughs> stage play in Japan. The yeah, damn there story. you go. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so all those excited about some uh, Aquarian, you're going to get more. So uh, thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, for your submission. And the next one here comes from uh, Wielder, Poster Wielder. And this is also coming from the Anime News Network. And this is uh, pretty pretty funny. I guess um, the third episode of Code Geass Aikido the Exiled, um, they've, they've unveiled a new commercial for it for the third episode. Don't so get out of here. Yeah, take, there's a link here. So you get to check that out and all of its uh, Code Geass goodness. So uh, thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. Uh, and the next one here comes from Vent Noir again. And he's got a link that's a video tour of Bandai's Gunpla factory. So I would encourage you to go to his link. It's on uh, page 54 of the newest listeners from the news articles thread and uh, check it out. Some pretty cool stuff there. You get to see where all your hard-earned money has built, the factory that... <laughs> 
that's that, that, you, that you helped build. <laughs> the house that Gunpla Builders built. <laughs> the, the, the house that the house that Plastic Runners built. Nice. I think that'd be the, the the appropriate way of saying it there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> thank you, Mister Vent Noir, for your submission. And uh, the next one here comes from uh, Poster Wielder again, and this is some sad news. And it's coming from the source of the Anime News Network. But it seems like the second season of Gargantia is going to be scrapped in favor for a novel. And uh, just a quick hit thing here. It it says that the producer Yuro Hiroka uh, revealed Gargantia of the Verdius Planet event in Tokyo that the staff had planned a sequel anime to the series, but due to, quote-unquote, various circumstances, they couldn't produce the series. So they said that they're going to take what they were going to use for the second season and turn it into a novel. So, um, you know, all those that don't like to read, I guess you'll be missing out. But those that do, you know, there you go. So thank you, Mr. Wilder, for your submission. Uh, Next one here comes from Lightning Count. Once again, a a lot of anime stuff coming on. It's been confirmed that the... Uh, Fafner Exodus anime is going to continue beyond uh, the, the first scheduled uh, 13 episodes. So um, that, uh, that's, that's some good stuff. I haven't had a chance to uh, check any of this out, but um, I guess I'm, you know, I'm going to have more than 13 episodes to deal with. So uh, that, that is some, definitely some good stuff there. So thank you, Mr. Lightning Count for your submission. And Mr. <laughs> Lightning Count uh, follows up with uh, the last of our packed news here. And he's got a link here to write stuff. And it looks like Turn A Gundam Part 2. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to say it perf- the, the correct way. Gundam. Part 2 DVD set is now up for pre-order on Right Stuff. And it's going to include a three-part Sid Mead interview. And the release date is August 4th, 2015. So uh, all those folks that um, haven't had a chance to do your pre-orders, go ahead and check that out because that's definitely some... Uh, Get some some good stuff there and, you know, support the cause like we've always said. So thank you, Mr. Lightning Count, for that double dose of of, uh, submissions. And uh, Solbro, you know what time it is. It's actually... I actually have a little bit of a case here on EA Net, dude. He labeled this as Robo Apocalypse news, but I actually think that this is Human Resistance League news because oh. this is somebody who really, yeah, see? So you're going to have to do like half a, half a thing there, oh. half Robo Apocalypse, but it's actually <laughs> Admiral time. Cylon into the CIC. <laughs> and, and this is appropriate because, you know, we're always looking for people to join the Human Resistance League. And this person in about a year and a half, two years from now, mm-hmm. is going to be looking for a new gig. And it looks like, and this is coming from WhiteHouse.gov. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's a website. And, and there's about a White House. Uh, is it, but it lo- <laughs> Yes. Uh, President Obama was that he was speaking at the fifth annual White House Science Fair, which kind of sounds bad that there's only been five of these White House Science Fairs. Shouldn't there be more? Shouldn't we be encouraging young kids to 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 do the science? But um, I digress. Uh, but uh, he he had he had. There's a quick quote here. He says, uh, "Every year I walk out, and he finds out there's smarter people. People. He walks out smarter than he walked in because." And this is 
President Obama saying this. These young people have something to teach us all, not just about batteries or attacking cancer cells or how to build a working robot or rocket. I will say, though, the robots I see keep getting smarter and smarter every year. We're keeping an eye on that. By the way, nice. laughter, you're on notice, Skynet. So, yes, that's why we President Obama <laughs> realizes the threat that the robot menace has for us. And I'm going to offer this now to Mm -hmm. President Obama. Once you're done uh, leading our country, we do need a political face of the Human Resistance League. (laughs) Right now, it's just very much military and a lot of people that like to play with explosives. So that's uh, that's our... (laughs) (laughs) So President Obama, the offer's out there. Uh, I hope you accept it because we would really need to use uh, – we, we'd like to use your abilities for what we need to uh, get accomplished here. So thank you. And uh, thank you, Mr. EA Net Dude, for your submission. <laughs> and uh, you, need to, you, need to, you need to check your labels before you post them. So. <laughs> Anti-robo-apocalypse news. There you go. There you no, go. it's human resistance. Yeah. Well, it is. But it he, is. Put, he put Skynet on notice. So <laughs> – there you go. Uh, so, yes, we don't have any robot apocalypse news because a lot of it was just robots being put up there. So, like I said earlier, uh, let's let's put this in the terms of people def- people issuing warnings or how things will destroy us as human beings. So that leads us to probably our best part of the news night, survey news. Yes. Ooh. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God, that's bullshit. What the f- and we've got quite a bit, and this is some good stuff. Uh, the first one here comes from The Shade, and I'm not going to really go through this, but he's got a link here from Slash Film. Not only is Surbay a one of the greatest directors out there, he's actually been an actor, too. And, and uh, oh, yeah. there's, been, there's, been a, there's a link here to uh, the Slash Film uh, that shows all his acting roles. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, not only is he doing greatness behind the camera but also in front of it so uh, his role in mystery men is the best dude can we uh bring the brewskis yes of course you may absolutely bring the brewskis yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i think he's a he's a he's a a scientist in uh, armageddon like when they're when they're moving the hubble he actually helps move it (laughs) so there you go (laughs) Thank you for that submission. Next one here comes from uh, EA Net Dude. And it says here that Paramount, who is dealing with all the Transformers sequels and spinoffs, mm-hmm. they hired a person called Akiva Goldsman oh. to help coordinate this. So I guess just by that, oh, this is not a favorite of Soul Bros. It's this a, is the guy and keep it. It's a mixed bag because, yeah, as Chris oh, pointed okay. out, he wrote Batman and Robin, but he also won the Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's more a, his uh, his 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 realm of writing. But go ahead, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he says he's done A Beautiful Mind, I Am Legend, and he's currently doing the Divergent series, Insurgent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess the reason why they're bringing this person in, they're trying to. It's just here they're trying to uh, do what. James Cameron did with the Avatar things kind of have like an incubator of ideas to plan out the next couple of movies. Yeah, they're trying to make him the Kevin Feige of uh, of the Transformers universe. And you know, it made more sense. If it was more who, who is that? I don't know. Kevin Feige is the guy who does the uh, the coordinating for Marvel for the Marvel okay. movies. So yeah, I mean, that, that guy pretty much set the standard, and now every every studio is looking to make a guy like that and have a guy in charge uh, for, of their of their properties to make an interconnected universe. I don't know how this is going to work out, especially in line of 
of Transformers because I don't think Akiva Goldsman knows the first thing about these <laughs> about this property, but hopefully he surprises us, man. Mark Wahlberg does. He wants to be a Transformer. He does want to be a Transformer. I got this I got this cool sword gun, guys. I want to be a Transformer. I will I will mention one I of the kiss a Transformer. <laughs> I will mention the most interesting <laughs> the most interesting rumor I heard is that because they're trying to make this interconnected universe, that Transformers might cross over with GI Joe somewhere down the line. Because of that, because they uh, they know that do there's we, potential. Do we really want to see this? Hey man, if the Rock's in it, I'm good. <laughs> if the, the Rock was Roadblock, so if they bring it back to be Roadblock again, I'll, I'll go check it out, man. The Rock is uh, well, franchise Viagra. <laughs> they, they, I know they, I know they crossed over in the comics like years ago. Oh yeah, it, um, I think both Marvel and I think was an image I, took ID, over. IDW, like IDW has crossed them over. Several IDW, times as well, one yeah. of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's uh, okay. Well, I mean, so I guess you guys are kind of like, eh, we'll see. I, 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 <laughs> could I'll, be good, could be bad. I don't know. I'll toss. I'll, this just, fa- mm-hmm. I'll just watch robots in disguise in the meantime. There you okay, go. There you go. And I'll just I, toss I, their fate to the wind. We'll see what perfect, happens. <laughs> perfect thing. And uh, so, thank you, Mister Rodimus seventy six, for your submission. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry, EA Netu for EA your Netu. submission. And actually, that brings us to Rodimus seventy six has a link here, and, and this is interesting. The guy that plays Arrow, Stephen Amell. Yes, and uh, the CW is going to play Casey Jones. Hell yes, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Space Turtles too. <laughs> it is some of the best casting I've heard, man. It's right in his wheelhouse. So I'm actually hyped to see turtles. This movie you now. failed this city. Uh, <laughs> my question is: Are they going to kill off Donatello this movie? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But uh, I, it's pretty cool that they uh, that they implemented him in there, and uh, now there's actually an interesting human that we get to see in these movies. So there you go. It, that's, that's very much uh, um, some good stuff there. So uh, all right, well, thank you, Mr. Rodimus seventy six, for your submission. And uh, the last one here comes from Rodimus seventy six, and this is coming from the Den of Geek website and i just want to let you guys know what 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 do you think uh 2014's most profitable film was um what do you think <laughs> any 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 guess so we're, we're we're talking uh michael bay news so it's, it's got to be uh it's got to be american yes. sniper right <laughs> no and profit means not gro- you know not gross but this is after all your expenses and everything like that mm-hmm. um but it's ironic, though. You do mention American Sniper. <laughs> and, uh, yes, Transformers Age of Extinction of All Childhoods was the most profitable film in 2014, netting out $250 million. <laughs> American Sniper was number two with 242, followed by the Lego movie, Hunger Games, Mark and J Part 1, Guardians of the Galaxy, Maleficent, Big Hero 6, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Captain America Winter Soldier, and 22 Jump Street. So why they so, wouldn't? Yes. Once again, not only was Transformers probably one of the greatest movies of 2014, it also made a lot of money for a lot of people. Yeah, sure so. did. <laughs> so for all those wondering if uh, Michael Bay is going to... need a lot of money. <laughs> hey, guys, you want to try some burgers? Hey, me a Transformer. It transforms in your stomach. Hey, you know Entourage <laughs> was based on me? And I'm in the Entourage movie? <laughs> So. You guys seen The Departed? It's a great movie I was in. <laughs> it actually was. 
a lot better than Transformers. Ooh. I mean, no, you should see Wait. Transformers. <laughs> Wait, what if we what if we took to the party and put it with the Transformers? That would work. <laughs> I could get paid twice. You could, man. Double dipping. <laughs> so Yes, so for all those thinking that Surbay won't be directing any other films in the future, um, guess what? His his list just <laughs> his list of uh, callbacks to uh, perspective uh, scripts and stuff has <laughs> just gotten bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the art when you can make a ton of cash. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Mister Rodimus seventy six, for your submission, and uh, thank you everyone for all your submissions. And if you ever have anything uh, to submit, go to the Neos Listener submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum, and uh, before. Before we get to our first topic, uh, we have a special, a special, a special thing going on today. What? Something we haven't heard in a while. You'll get out of here. Yes, uh, get out your radio phones and you know your your uh, <laughs> your bootlegging liquor because uh, it's now time for some uh, old timey radio with Chris. So, uh, Chris, I, I, I give it to you. <laughs> See? Oh, guys, it's all it's all Transformers now. <laughs> oh, is it, is it all? Are you now changing this to Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg presents. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg presents. I want to be a Transformer. Nice. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. The the old timey is indeed back, <clears throat> and. We got a lot of catching up to do, and our first one comes from Zero with the Mask tonight, who has a Game of Thrones submission. Where do I begin, my lords and ladies? I am a vile man, I confess it. My crimes and sins are beyond counting. I have lied and cheated, gambled and whored. I'm not particularly good at violence, but I'm good at convincing others to do violence for me. You want specifics, I suppose. When I was seven, I saw a servant girl bathing in the river. I stole her robe and she was forced to return to the castle, naked and in tears. I closed my eyes, but I can still see her cans bouncing. When I was ten, I stuffed my uncle's boots full of goat crap. Damn. When confronted with my crime, I blamed the squire. Poor boy was flogged and I escaped justice. Wow. When I was twelve, I built my eel into a pot of turtle stew. I flogged the one-eyed snake. I skinned my sausage. I made the bald man cry into the turtle stew, which I do believe my sister ate. At least I hope she did. I once bought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. <laughs> oh my god, was that a... <laughs> that was um. Oh my god. Uh, that, that would be Tyrion. Tyrion, yeah, Tyrion Lannister. Oh my god. Did they really say cans in Game of Thrones world? Uh, yeah, I think so. Possibly, I don't remember. Kids, <laughs> gotta gotta love that. That um, a, little, thing. a little bit of New Jersey came out in uh, in, yeah. <laughs> in Tyrion's dialogue. <laughs> nice. Oh man! Next up is one from Yokozuna Bulldozer. On the twelfth day of Christmas, some cool guy gave to me. 12 Victory Gundams, 11 Elevens, 10 Zaccarellos, 9 Power Rings, 8 Brave Robots, 7 GN Swords, 6 Infinity Gems, 5 Shining Fingers, 
four Daggard limbs, three Dragonars, two Buster rifles, and a life-sized Gundam from Odaiba. <laughs> <laughs> well written, Yokozuna. Good stuff. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, the next one comes from Fear Junkie. A friendly desert community where the sun is hot, the moon is beautiful, and mysterious lights pass overhead while we all pretend to sleep. Welcome to Night Vale. Mm. Hello, listeners. To start things off, I've been asked to read this brief notice. The city council announces the opening of a new dog park at the corner of Earl and Somerset near the Ralphs. They would like to remind everyone that dogs are not allowed in the dog park. (laughs) People are not allowed in the dog park. It is possible that you will see hooded figures in the dog park. Do not approach them. Do not approach the dog park. (laughs) The fence is electrified and highly dangerous. Try not to look at the dog park, and especially do not look for any period of time at the hooded figures. The dog park will not harm you. (laughs) (laughs) That got out of hand. (laughs) That's uh, that's from the Welcome to Night Vale podcast, right? Uh, That would be correct, since I did say Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) Yeah, pay attention, so uh, well, no, I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I just like I, for those who don't Captain know, it's, it's, it's from a radio show or a podcast. So um, I just wanted to mention that. Sorry, <laughs> but continue. From the department of Redundancy Department. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Next up is MCT Dread, who has a Borderlands Two submission. At the sound of Hotton screaming for his life, the time will be two thirty p.m. <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, God, why? <laughs> At the sound of Hotton screaming for his life again, the time will be 2.45 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> the game's got so much character to it. It's so dumb. Our next one comes from Dayman, oh, fighter yes. of the Nightman, mm. the champion of the sun. Beautiful. Who uh, has an old school one. You might recognize this. Universal Century 0079. Mankind lives among the heavens in colonies called Sides, but Side 3 has a dark secret. The Principality of Zeon has declared war on the Earth Federation. Mankind will be caught in a conflict that rages from Earth to the stars. Mm -hmm. The future depends on a ship called White Base and its secret weapon. (laughs) A homeless boy with powers beyond comprehension. His name, Amuro Ray. His weapon, Gundam. Hell yeah. Now a crew of orphans and rejects will change the face of history or die trying. Toonami is proud to present (laughs) the most groundbreaking anime saga of all time. Fully restored. Mobile suit Gundam. Suit up for the first time. Only Toonami. Oh, man. So that was, uh, that was what, for Inuyasha when they played it on? Of uh, course. For- <laughs> As read by Peter Cullen and my dad. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. The guy's a Now, monster. if Peter Cullen could do it in old-timey voice, that'd be even better. <laughs> that, would, that would give us all strokes. <laughs> be so impressive. All right, and our last one will come from Yokozuna Bulldozer once again. Earth, 2147, the legacy of the Metal Wars, where man fought machine and machines won. 
But from the fires of the Metal Wars arose a new breed of warrior, born and trained to bring down Lord Dread and his Bio-Dread Empire. They were soldiers of the future, mankind's last hope. Their leader, Captain Jonathan Power, master of the incredible power suits which transform each soldier into a one-man attack force. Oh, yeah. Major Matthew Hawk Masterson, fighter <laughs> of the sky. Lieutenant Michael Tank Ellis, ground assault unit. Sergeant Robert Scout Baker, espionage and communications. And Corporal, Corporal Jennifer Pilot Chase, tactical systems expert. Together, they form the most powerful fighting force in Earth's history. Their creed? To protect all life. Their promise? To end Lord Dread's rule. Their name? Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Power on. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, I, I, only, I know only a handful watched that show back in the day. <laughs> But uh, that's a nice submission, yo. Shout out to Yokozuna for that, man. God dang. That's obscure as hell. That is very obscure. Yes. And, of course, you can add more submissions, but I would please ask you not to because we have so many to get through, so... (laughs) (laughs) Please don't post anything. Many more to go. Or if you do, make sure they're very short. (laughs) I will turn it back to you, Neo. All right. Well, thank you, us. Chris for that and uh, without further ado we'll go to our first segment which is our next couple of next reviews episode 17 through 20 of G Gundam G Reco you're listening to Gundam and MHQ It's lucky you had these guys. Use them for smuggling. I never thought I'd be smuggling myself in them. This is ridiculous. Even if I could take off, I'd never get past the tractor beam. Leave that to me. Goddamn fool. I knew that you were going to say that. Who's the more foolish? The fool or the fool who follows him? In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh, wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against... Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone 
will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like! What? Say what again! Say what again! I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time! Back to Gundam at MAHQ, and we are continuing our reviews for Gundam Reconquista in G, this time covering episodes 17 through 20 in this segment. And we'll start with number 17, which is Ida's Decision. And we're going to keep these summaries pretty brief so we can get right into uh, the meat of things. So we have um, the crew of the Megafauna helping out with um, collecting a bunch of dirt that's floating in space because off-screen there was an accident at Cyrano 5 and a bunch of dirt is escaping from a hole, a breach in the colony. So everyone's running around trying to deal with this mess while at the same time the um, Capital Army is making nice with uh, the Toasangans and have a numerable suit given to them called the Bifron from the Duret fleet and that's handed over to uh, Barara. So, in the midst of all of this uh, dirt cleanup, Raraya goes out in uh, Neodu, which is an ancient type of mobile suit and it malfunctions and she ends up smacking Barara around, which leads to a brief battle until Rock Pie and a bunch of uh, other Toasangans come and tell them to get their shit together and help clean up everything. So with that out of the way, in the midst of the confusion, uh, Kumpa gets on a launch and sneaks up onto the Megafauna and gets into the ship and speaks with uh, Miraji and Loruka, and we find out that um, he's actually this guy who was referenced before, Piani Kaluta, the one who sent young Belri and Ida to Earth away from Toastanga, mm-hmm. and, and he's uh, you know still sneaking around doing his own thing. Ida catches them in the act and says that uh, you know she wants to confront everyone involved with all of these problems, and if that means the Hermes Foundation is involved as well, she wants 
to go to Venus, and that's where we end. So, Solbro, what uh, what were your thoughts on this episode? Well, referencing that um, that meetup between Laruka and Kumpa. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the show continues to show the trend where in the last five minutes you get this whole big reveal <laughs> about what's going on. But it's, it's fine to, finally uh, nice to get that confirmation on Koopa being Peony Kaluta. Um, but uh, even though Ida caught them talking, she really didn't overhear all that much, I don't think. Um, but, you know, she at least confronted uh, Luca about that and told him she wants to go to the, the Venus Globe. So I got, that, that leads us to where we're going to be going to next. Um, some of the smaller moments of this episode I really enjoyed was Raya, you know, showing that she's a competent pilot. You know, uh, the, her having to uh, engage in the cleanup, and then later on in the episode you have the cleanup fight, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> but it's waving around those shovels, <laughs> and everybody's trying not to shoot because they don't want the uh, the battery ship to explode and kill them all. So <laughs> it's it's a tense situation, but they they find levity in it. So I thought that was really cool. But yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a fun freewheeling episode, uh, save for some of the more dramatic moments. But uh, I would say Raya was the most interesting person in this episode to me just to just just showing her transformation and seeing her pilot the uh that retro suit what was it what was it called the uh damn it the neo do right that's what yes. it was called yeah the, it's supposed to be like a construction suit but they uh retrofitted it so that way it would uh be actually be able to be competently used in battle so i i, I liked her development in this episode and uh back to you sir neo well it's an interesting episode because uh, it's a cleanup episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> literally. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it it didn't it didn't bother me too much that okay you start off you don't see this accident that happens and then they got to clean up. But the fact is they're kind of doing this the whole episode. It's like you know they're they're taking all this time to do it. It's kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, they're they're fighting and and you know then all of a sudden they get everybody's hey we need to take care of this because the colony is losing all this dirt and stuff. But it just didn't really seem like it did much when it came to the story outside of just having you know some people you know Raya coming out of her shell and then Koompa doing Koompa Koompa like things where he's uh, you know luckily everything is universal standard I mean is there anything that's not universal standard because it's like everything connects to everything in this world so <laughs> but yeah I mean it, outside of pretty much some of the other things that Solbro said you know one of the things that kind of got me on this was just how this accident kind of en- engrossed the whole thing and it's like it just was kind of an off-screen thing that, in the end, was it as important as they were kind of making it out to be? So I don't know. It's I I, I think it kind of loses focus of what we were trying to get to uh, with the overall story. So back to you, Chris. Yeah, I, I will go a step further and say this episode is pretty much a waste hmm. because, as you noted, Neo. You know, we have so much time devoted to the cleanup of this event that happened off-screen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would make more sense if it was something that actually, you know, was caused by something that we saw on screen. But it's like, no, this thing just happened off screen and we're going to waste almost the entire episode with a bunch of hijinks trying to clean it up. And then here's a little tag at the end with uh, Koompa. And, oh, before we've even really spent any time in Toasanga, let's go off to Venus Globe now. Yeah. So I, I was not a fan of this episode at all for those reasons. And... You know, the same is outlined in my review that this basically just feels like filler. Oh, man. It did I mean, kind of feel have, like that. Yeah. 
we could have had a lot more development of the story and of Toasanga as a faction rather than, hey, let's clean up the dirt and, hey, don't shoot the uh, Kashibomikoshi because it's, you know, a holy ship and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I feel like there really was nothing important here aside from that Kumpa scene that comes at the very end of the episode and everything else before it is pretty much pointless. Yeah. On the, on the one hand, you have all these hijinks and on the other hand, you have, you do have a little bit of development of some characters like, uh, Noretto. You, you see, she has a little bit of a uh, empty nest syndrome. Um, now that, uh, now that, um, uh, Raya is, you know, competent again and she's able to, uh, do things on her own. But since she's not a really pivotal character in the series, it doesn't really matter all that much. <laughs> so let's do ratings on this one. So bro. I'd give this episode three fake debris balloons out of five. Neil? Two and a half floating uh, dirt dirt shovels out of five. <laughs> I'll give this one two and a half fly swatters out of five. There you go. Yeah, they were kind of <laughs> like fly swatters. Which brings us to the next episode, number 18, Ride the Crescent Wave. So we have... Um, Belry and everyone getting ready for uh, their trip to Venus Globe. And, of course, there's an attack by uh, the Toa Sangans. And uh, Rock Pie has a new suit called the Guy Trash, which just sounds horrible. <laughs> and has this fancy doodad called the uh, Beam Manto that uh, displays lots of pretty lights and smashes stuff. Awesome. At the same time, we have uh, Mask launching possibly the uh, lamest possible attempt at stealing the G-Self, which <laughs> uh, involves just flying up to the megafauna and jumping into the hangar after Manny opens the door and then just trying to get into the cockpit with Belry. He tried to be Gato and failed. <laughs> He tried. Yes, he definitely tried the gato, and he failed miserably because he got sent packing with nothing to show for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we have our battle, and uh, that goes back and forth between all these various factions. And uh, of course, Clem and Mick join the fight, and it gets more confused because everyone's after the G self and the megafauna gets away and it flies through the massive uh, crescent ship, which is this gigantic thing that has lots of open space. And Belry um, ends up going up to this uh, hatch that opens for the G self. He goes inside and uh, finds the Ray Hunt symbol. He puts his little necklace thing inside of it and it does this uh, fanciness where it revs up the engines of the ship super fast and allows them to uh, depart right away because normally it takes them three days to idle their engines before they can head to Venus and uh, they take off. So, Neo, what do you think about this episode? What the hell is that all about? Okay, it's not that you can't use it to its full abilities. It just takes a few days longer to idle the engines. When they when they told me that, I I'm just sitting there going, why does why does that matter? You're still able to use this thing. It's not like anything else is okay. So it's more efficient, and you didn't have to wait two days to idle. But you still could use it before. It wasn't anything that seemed like it was that big of a reveal there. And my God, if I had to hear, don't hit the Crescent ship again and don't scratch it one more time, I think I'm going to scream because uh, 
That's all they kept saying. Don't hit it. Don't hit it. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh my gosh, this is just kind of crazy. So, but that new mobile suit, was it Rock Pie had that movie mobile suit with the, the shiny veil on it or yeah, something? The, the guy the light trash. veil. Guy trash, yeah. Guy trash. Oh my God. That thing was just, oh, I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, it looks pretty. It's pretty for a dandy, but, you know, what is this really going to do? And as we see later on, it, you know, it, it gets pwned again. So, but but he tried his best. <laughs> he did try his best. I mean, I, I will say that about Rock Pie. He goes in. He get if there's and, ever and we know this because he said so. Yeah, I mean, he gives 110. percent I mean, if there's ever a coaching cliche in Gundam, it's this guy. I mean, he's he's the type of guy you want in your team. He's go out there, gives you 110. percent Does the little things, the little things that we need to get by to to, to get us together. So, um, but yeah, once again, I mean, kind of coming off of the previous bad episode it's just like wow this is again i mean granted some more things kind of went on and i'm kind of with chris it's like you know we're not even in togosawa where it's like hey there it is and we're out so crescent ship forever so (laughs) yeah i just um and then like you said mask is uh his low rent uh gato attempt Mm -hmm. really it's gotten to this huh kuntala you know, you can't. <laughs> that, that's the best that you can do. <laughs> Kuntala, please. Kuntala, please. I mean, pretty much. So, but back to you, Chris. Shaking my head right now. So, Sobro? Um, I actually, uh, I, 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 I like the tension in this episode quite a bit. Um, when it came down to it, uh, I think a lot of the, uh, what I, don't scratch the crescent ship. No. Nah, well, I mean, what I, what I, mean, I, 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 I liked when steer was pretty much blinded <laughs> and had to fly the ship into the tightest of spaces through a little mini tablet camera. <laughs> that shit was ridiculous. It's like, oh, the, well, I know they covered up the the front of the ship with the uh, fake debris, but uh, here you go, little 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 tiny itty bitty view. It's like, bitch, I'm used to flying this with with the full view of the front of the viewport of the ship, and now you make me fly it like this, and yet she still did it, man. It was pretty amazing just to see her work. Um, Rock Pie was was of course an idiot. Uh, I could get why they call his suit the guy trash because it literally has a trash bag made out of a laser net <laughs> to try to <laughs> to catch capture the g self which everybody seems obsessed in doing in order to de-escalate the situation it's, it's kind of uh it's kind of ugly yeah and maybe it's like the head but also the coloring it gives me some shades of the, the bolinok saman which oh. was you know i'm not a fan of obviously oh, oh we know it's your favorite <laughs> but yeah it, it is it is a pretty gaudy suit much like uh i think people called the uh what's the name of the ship the uh the Kashiba, uh, I forget, Mikoshi. Mikoshi, someone had uh, called it a gaudy, a pretty gaudy looking ship in this episode, I believe. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought this episode did matter a little bit more than the previous one, especially since they had to hitch a ride on the Crescent ship in order to get where it's going. And uh, maybe it's just a plot convenience that the um, Ray Hunting Key actually helped to unlock those ship's uh, engines. I don't see the sense in why those engines don't even automatically activate or, or have some kind of limiter on there unless someone from the Ray Hunting group uses it, but at least allowed the ship to move faster so they could get out of uh, harm's way. So that's that's not too bad. I mean, it helps out the, the uh, Megafaunus crew in the long run. But um, I had an impression that the ship was completely automated. I didn't think it had a crew until we found out the next episode that it does because you didn't you don't hear hide nor hear of anybody on board the ship until uh, the very next episode. So I, I found it a little a little a little weird to say the least. But uh, overall, an okay episode, I would say. 
And uh, back to you, Chris. Yeah, you know, I got to say I was not too impressed with this episode either. It's just a big sloppy mess with a bunch of, you know, crazy fighting between all of these factions. And suddenly now everyone has a hard-on for the G-Self to get their hands on it because they think it'll increase their position in negotiations. Mm -hmm. And obviously that doesn't work out. And then everyone escapes on the uh, Crescent ship, which comes as... um, just this one bit of throwaway dialogue that Loruka says at the beginning that the G-Self could uh, improve the Crescent ship, and then with no explanation, bam, there it is. <laughs> it's like, why? what kind of crappy design does this ship have that it needs three days just to idle its engines to fly to Venus? Yeah. And just with all of the craziness of everyone going after the G-Self and Mask's stupid plan, this is also just not a very good episode. And <laughs> I would say about as bad as the the previous ones. So, Neil, your rating. God, I'm going to have to give this once again. This is uh, two for two. It's going to be two and a half low rank gatos out of five. Damn. <laughs> Soul bro. I, I, I liked it a little bit more than you guys. Uh, 3.5 dangerous flight plans out of five. I'm going to give it two and a half trashy guys out of five. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, just as a postscript of what we said these last two episodes, I was losing interest watching it. Like, I actually, actually kind of had to rewatch these episodes a little bit because I'd find myself sitting there watching it and just kind of wandering off because I'm like, oh, what is going on here? So, but next episode, Chris. All right. So, move on to episode 19 The Venus Globe Gang. So we have the megafauna and the crescent ship. They're both heading to Venus Globe, and everyone is running around on the crescent ship doing exercises to stay in shape because, you know, being out in deep space, blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And we have um, this after the fact revelation that Flaminia is actually the ship's doctor and is really from Venus and was kind of like a spy in Toasanga. Who knew? <laughs> Nobody did because it happened off screen. Oh. <laughs> That's bothersome. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. So they're basically just chilling. And as they get closer and closer to Venus Globe, they're intercepted by the GIT Corps led by Kia Mabeki and his um, Gion suit. And him and all of his uh, sort of battle-hungry underlings are going to launch their own Reconquista on Earth, and they want to seize everything, so they take the Crescent ship hostage, and they try to get all of the Earthnoids off the ship, and as a result of this, uh, Flaminia, she betrays everyone, and she uh, sticks Bellry with a needle that um, knocks him out some kind of uh, substance. Yeah. Yeah. So we end with the ship being captured by the GIT Corps and these new antagonists. So, Solbro, your thoughts on episode 19? I'll try to be quick. Uh, I did like the designs of the, uh, of the suits that the GIT Corps used and the actual uh, designs of the characters themselves. I, let's see. What was the guy's name? Kia, the leader? Yeah. Yeah, Kia. He seems like an interesting uh, character. He reminds me a little bit of Yazan Gable, except he's got his head together a little bit more. And um, 
except in Don't the give him too much credit. yeah yeah because next episode he does some stupid yeah. shit but uh at least when he we're first introduced to him he's he seems to be uh he seems to have some kind of conviction and doesn't seem too crazy his other pilots he's got like a little little girl with uh who's obsessed with making herself look pretty and then he has a i didn't even realize it was a woman at the time he has an amazonian uh pilot i don't even know what her name is who's chikara chikara thank you yeah uh which you know i, I it, they seem interesting to me i wish i had more time with them to, to find out what they were about but uh oh, we could have seen them two episodes earlier oh we could have yeah <laughs> I, I wish but uh and the the speech by the captain of the uh of the crescent ship was pretty interesting and the debate that they and the um the crew of the megafauna were having especially with bell and his sister on um how they're informed by their upbringing i thought was a pretty cool conversation outside of that uh i i i i've got to say I, I got some enjoyment out of this episode probably as much as i did the last one for this and uh back to you chris neil wow where was this the last two episodes just <laughs> i mean is it wonderful exciting the greatest thing ever no but it's a hell of a lot better than what we're dealing with Mm -hmm. and like Solbro said you get this you get these new guys coming in they seem like they're kind of like uh like uh over aggressive it guys that want (laughs) to grab the grab stuff and take it back to the laboratory and it's kind of interesting you know these these guys are kind of telling everybody what the hell they they need to do but it makes sense i mean got this whole thing about the venus globe going on so but um yeah the it's definitely kind of cool to see that the you know the recollection of uh, Bellary and Ida's background. Uh, it's definitely some good stuff. But um, you know, it, it, it would have been nicer if we could have just had this transitioned in a little bit more. Because uh, as good as it is, it does seem a little rushed. And um, you know, and we'll see that in future episodes. So, but um, you know, uh, other than that, just really cool stuff. So back to you, Chris. So, yeah, this episode was definitely an improvement over the previous two, and the GIT core, they're kind of some, some fresh blood oh, yeah. in the series, because, you know, the uh, fights have just kind of been against the same people for a long time, and it's getting a little stale, and the designs are definitely cool, particularly the Gion, which is just so yeah. amazing, especially with the uh, the big arm unit added later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Kia's voice actor is an interesting choice because he previously had played um, Wits in Gundam X and is uh, particularly well known as playing Zoro on One Piece. Oh, heck yeah. There you go. So it's also interesting he mentions that they have a contract with the government of Toasanga to deal with the Earthnoids, so that's why they came to intercept them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that bothered me about this episode is the fact that we have another after-the-fact revelation about something that happened off-screen, which is yeah. finding out that Flaminia is a spy from Venus and yeah. is part of the, the Crescent ship's crew. Yeah. It's a bit jarring, to say the least. It's like there's, it's just, there's no in-between. It's just well, all it's, of a sudden. It keeps, it keeps happening. Yeah. That's been a big problem, especially these last couple episodes. It's just like there's this big reveal, yet we never get to see it. We just have to kind of take their word for it. It's like, oh, okay. It, it's almost like the things that we need to see, we're not going to see. But the things that we don't need to see, like cleaning up space dirt, uh, we, yeah. we see in ad nauseum. I, I don't know. Like, like Bellary makes mention that uh, Loruka and Miraji were initially angry, as you would expect. So 
why didn't we see that? Why, yeah. why are we not being shown these important things? If it's important enough of a story point to have her be a Venusian spy, why not actually reveal that so that we can have the proper reaction as the audience rather than just being told after the fact, oh, yeah, she's actually a spy and she works on this ship and everyone was upset at her. But, you know, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's it really re- quite jarring. It really dials down you know, the story and kind of the tension that these revelations are supposed to give us, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's disheartening for a guy that's so damn experienced. They're, you know, doing shows kind of, yeah. kind of an amateurish mistake almost. Yeah. So. Uh, I will echo one of Sobro's points. One of the uh, high marks of the episode was the conversation on the Crescent ships bridge and mm-hmm. the uh, captain, um, everyone calling out Ida that, uh, the issue of she believes what she was raised to believe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, to her credit, she actually pauses and thinks about that for quite a while and doesn't just dismiss it and act like a fool like you would expect in a show like this. What bothers me is that Bellry is also informed what he was raised to believe, and he's highly religious. So you figure that he would have taken pause of that, too, but he didn't seem to be too affected by, his, by the captain's words all that much. No, he, uh, he did not. <laughs> he's just kind of like, meh. Whatever. He's just kind of doing whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was some good comedy bits, though, uh, particularly the opening with everyone running around and seeing just how out of shape the crew is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the uh, the captain trying to wander into the shower naked <laughs> and being browbeaten by Naredo. Yeah. Captain's oh, got creepy. no shame, man. He's got creepy no shame. Creepy captains. <laughs> Almost an anime staple. Yep. <laughs> So, Sobro, your ratings for this episode. I, I will give this episode a, a 3.5 synchronized Vernier drifts out of 5. That scene where everybody was, like, grouped together and they had to, like, push themselves back to the ship by using their little uh, air Verniers, I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a silly comedic moment, but uh, I just found it funny. Neil, your rating? Uh, I'd have to give this three angry AIT guys out of 5. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to give this one three and a half off-screen revelations out of five. Mm, that is true, yeah. Which brings us to the final episode of this segment already, and that is number 20, Space Inside a Frame. So we have um, the GIT core taking possession of the G-Self and bringing it over to the Crescent ship, and um, everyone is trying to uh, hatch a plan to escape and go to Venus Globe where they can meet with its ruler, Lagu. Mm-hmm. But they're all being kept in the infirmary under surveillance. So they do launch a plan to take back the G-Self, which involves Belry uh, briefly using the G-Arcane. And it's obviously not too hard to take it back since no one else is able to use it anyway. So basically the G-Self to the GIT gang is just a bunch of dead weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things get a bit more complicated when um, Venus Globe sends its 10 police and their mobile suit force to go and intercept them. So the GIT Corps open fire. Belry gets back into the G self and joins the fight. So we have um, him getting attacked by Kia and the Gion, and they're fighting in the. Uh, sort of underpart of Venus Globe, which is these uh, sort of massive things that best could be described as sort of like a, like the beginnings of a Dyson sphere. 
if you've ever seen Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. We oh, have yeah. this like, massive globe built around something. So it's, a, it's an interesting environment, and we have this back and forth between Belry and Kia, and the episode ends with uh, Kia doing something very stupid, which is to use <laughs> six ginormous beam sabers Ooh. on his big arm unit to attack Belry right underneath the bottom of uh, the Venus globe, and he cuts into the hull mm-hmm. and blows up a little chunk of it, and then there's this uh, now massive outpouring of water into space from one of Venus Globe's oceans, and uh, Kia tries to stop it. Belry goes inside and finds himself inside of uh, a very Earth-like atmosphere. So that is where we leave off on that cliffhanger. So, Sobra, what did you think of this episode? Well, it's definitely the uh, things are getting ratcheted up this episode. Uh, the conflict between the, uh, was it the uh, Rosario 10 and, of course, the GIT Corps kind of helped to accelerate things that are going on this episode. And uh, the crew, I guess, quickly figures out that they've got to uh, side with the Rosario 10 if they're going to get the chance to meet uh, President Lagu and, and kind of uh, find out what's going on and, and make their play. So it, it, I, I like the heist of getting uh, the G-Self back where Belria pretty much ping-pongs himself into the suit. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> but he finally gets his suit back and then commences to fight with Kia. And uh, I thought it was an interesting fight, although Kia made some stupid decisions, as you mentioned. Oh, so dumb. Um, but uh, I, I like the fact that throughout this series, and uh, this episode is no different, that the crew of the Megafauna is pretty much made of a patchwork of people from all sides. And it makes me wonder if anybody from the GIT Corps will end up working with the Megafauna <laughs> Also, because they just picked up Manny uh, beforehand, they got Ketabes, and of course, you know, initially they got Belry and um, and, and Noredo and and people from all sides. So it's it's nice to see that everybody's working together for one common goal, um, despite all their different feelings and circumstances. And uh, it's 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 coming to a head. Um, I'd say it's a very good episode, and uh, I'll pass it back to you, Chris. Neil? Wow, it's uh, definitely, like you said, Solbro, uh, the tension gets ratcheted up. It's, uh, you know, um, it is funny. It, it takes this long for somebody to figure out that you just have some type of special key to make sure a Gundam doesn't get <laughs> stolen. I mean, I just laugh when I see that. I, I almost wonder, in, in, in a way, if that's just some kind of underhanded uh, knock at not only the things that uh, Tamino started, but all the other Gundams afterwards where we just have these big massive machines that are going to, um, you know, predict the future of these civilizations <laughs> with anybody can get into them. So uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely it's definitely kind of funny there. Yeah, the thing with Kia, I like the big arm attachment. It makes his, uh, the Geon looks pretty cool. But yeah, oops, a uh, little overzealous. <laughs> <laughs> just a tad bit. Yeah, I always love these guys telling everybody else, you need to be careful in here, but yet, oops. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, something pretty funny. And and like you said, Chris, the the comedic part in the beginning with uh, how out of shape everybody is and and some of the things that are going on there, that's that's, uh, definitely some good stuff. And um, you definitely feel the... That was the previous episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you definitely feel the uh, the tension going up in this episode, uh, even from the beginning. Of course, with the with the end of uh, the big giant whirlpool 
going in there. And uh, definitely these GI, the GIT course guys are, um, um, you know, you, you kind of wonder. It's like, why couldn't we have them sooner? Because like you stated earlier, Chris, that some of the earlier uh, fight scenes, it was almost, they were getting kind of stale. And it almost seems like we were kind of just, we needed one. We, we, we need to have a fight scene because that's what we do here. But at least with these guys, they were kind of bringing in uh, some new blood and everything. So, um, yeah, I, I noticed that uh, the series continues the trend of like familiar name characters. Uh, that one, uh, the one of the GIT pilots, the, the younger one with the makeup and all, um, her name is Kun Soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, I, you know, reminds me of Chara Soon from Double Zeta. And then Chikar reminds me a little bit of a female Jim Gingham. Don't ask me why she just does. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I just I, I just found that neat. Um, and of course, the youngest one, of course, pilots the the uh, the mobile armor, which uh, is pretty devastating when used right. But. And I was wondering too. I, I guess Kia is he a direct descendant from some uh, Zeon fanatic? Because he kept talking about how uh, the the Earthnoids are parasites. And stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it was just like well, he sounds like every space noid ever. Yeah, yeah I mean, he he is just he is a he's a direct descendant, and um, yeah, that that was that was interesting. That that, that was familiar. So, but um, other than that, it's really some good stuff. Uh, definitely building on the previous episode and uh, making us definitely forget the previous two. <laughs> so, back to yeah. you, Chris. Yeah, the, the tension's definitely high. The GIT Corp, they're a bunch of jerks by, you know, doing stuff like strapping bombs to the heads of uh, the Crescent Ship's captain and his XO. Oh, yeah. But how, but how cute are those bombs? You look at it, it's like... <laughs> They're, they're like the cutest bombs ever. It's like, what a, definitely some style with that. <laughs> Gotta give it to him. Yeah. So, good move on Bell Race Park getting the G-Self back. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed his fight with uh, Kia. And the way that they were constantly moving around with all of these uh, obstacles in the way, fighting underneath the Venus globe. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, from way back in Zeta, the battle inside of Grips 2. Oh. Oh, with yeah, where the um, the those elements were to, for the yeah, yeah, all of those uh, so. those light tubes, for lack of a better yeah. explanation, and Shar was hiding from uh, Sirocco and Haman. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw some shades of that there. And then uh, speaking of callbacks, uh, the Grod, the mobile armor that Kunsun pilots, of course, maybe kept thinking of Gorilla Grod the whole time. Of course. <laughs> But uh, the funny thing is, you look at it, it's like, man, that thing looks like it came straight out of, um, you know, the Principality of Xeon sketchbook. It does, yeah, especially yeah. the way the eye is, uh, the, the, eye, the eye placement is pretty, uh, pretty reminiscent of that. It's, it's very, very retro looking. So all that was interesting. Uh, yeah, Kia, kind of a dumbass. You know, you, you know, they keep talking about the importance of not, yeah. uh, you know, fighting near the Venus globe. What's he do? <clears throat> Fights with six ginormous beam sabers and slashes right into the frickin' wall of, of the colony. Good job. <laughs> and, and his face is classic when he does it. It's just like, oh, my bad. <laughs> they, yeah. Oops. Definitely wants to blame everybody else. Like, if it wasn't because you came in here, I would have done this. It's like... <laughs> yeah, he has the GI Rum at the next episode, but we'll we'll get to that in, yeah. uh, in the future. Speaking of colonies, um, if you have a look, when they get close to Venus Globe, uh, you can see there's a couple of good old O'Neill-type space colonies out there. I saw yeah. that. That's freaking yeah. nuts. Oh, man. Which, uh, as we also saw at Toasanga near Siren 05, makes me wonder if those are just old remnants from Universal Century or if they're newer. Actually. Yeah, 
Who knows how long these colonies can actually last? We'll never see inside of them, though. <laughs> never will. We well, had two episodes where we could have, but... Oh, my gosh. Why do yep. that? So, solid episode, and uh, it's definitely an improvement over 17 and 18, as was number 19. So, so bro, your rating for this episode. Oh, yeah, man. Um, this episode definitely moved things forward, so I'll give it uh, four human bombs out of five. Neil? Oh, this is definitely three and a half emergency plumber calls out of five. <laughs> Yo, Roto-Rooter? <laughs> well, not necessarily Roto-Rooter. You need to stop that leak on this one. Dude. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give this one three and a half oops out of five. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one, too. There you go. <laughs> so that's our uh, abbreviated comments for this batch of G-Reco episodes, and of course we'll have more in the near future but we're going to take a quick break right now and we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Sumire. She went home. She said she only came here to see the doer all right. Gun- Damn, the babe's leaving already. You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? Are you a fan of Gundam Robotech? Or Transformers. Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ. A wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. 
If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me until I come over. He'll make me feel guilty. This is, uh, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go. Gundam at MHQ, and we are continuing our one-two punch of Gundam reviews this time for the sake of making sure that we don't fall behind, so we don't usually try to do two review segments back-to-back, but we're going to take a look at the OVA of Gundam The Origin, which is uh, bringing back some familiar faces from behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. It's directed by Takashi Imanishi, who previously did 0083 and all of the igloos and it's written by well rather it's adapted by katsuyuki sumizawa who recently well who previously wrote uh gundam wing and endless waltz and is doing the uh manga glory for the losers and the uh the novel frozen teardrop so some interesting uh returns behind the scenes and you know I don't know what uh, what much there is to say about this specific story because, you know, just refer back to our review of Volume 5 last year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, in, in essence, just the broadest strokes possible because we've already talked about this at length before. Mm-hmm. We open with uh, the Battle of Loom, which is a CG battle to the displeasure of many. And we see the Black Tristars running around doing their stuff, destroying Rebel's ship, as you would expect. And Char doing his thing of destroying the ships and bouncing off of them to move faster, thus earning his nickname of the Red Comet. And then we flash back to 0068, when he was just uh, young Kazval, and his father Zeon is preparing to give a speech and um, ends up waking up young Kazval and Artesia. Then the next day he dies... And everything plays out exactly as it did yeah. in Volume 5, with uh, the zombies taking over, trying to uh, get the Daekun children under arrest. Sarso's death. Sasro's death. Sasro's Ram- death. Yeah. Rambaral <laughs> and Jimbaral intervening and taking the kids. Gun tank the whole, battle. 
yeah, the gun tank rampage, and we end with uh, the kids and Lucifer the cat being snuck aboard a freighter ship to fly off to Earth. And that's where we end. Space FedEx. Space FedEx, <laughs> yes. It's FedExing children through space. Yes. Quite a human since, trafficking. Since UC 0068. Yes. So, Neil, what were your thoughts on episode one of Origin, Blue-Eyed Caswell? Uh, outside of the battle alone, which was a great um, you know, appetizer, everything else, like you said, played out exactly. It looked great. It felt great. It was just basically the, the volume five coming to life in front of me. And, and, and instead of being partly in color, most of, all of it was in color this time. So that's about it. I mean, just a, 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 quality, a quality production and a quality retelling of a manga story or a manga chapter of an overall story. So back to you. <laughs> okay. So, bro. <laughs> Um, I really, really enjoyed this. I mean, to see uh, this OVA watch out, I felt like I was watching the movie, although it was like half the length of a film. I felt like I was watching um, the book. No, well, yeah, I, I, which, which of course it is, but to see it in motion and to see how much care they put into it and, and the way they framed up a lot of the scenes, I thought was fantastic. Well, it's probably um, easy to do. Yeah, you, just, you just copy over and put it in no, animation. No kidding, but it's not that simple. <laughs> It makes a great storyboard, but you still have to put it in motion. So that does that. That's a little bit of work right there. Pro tool, son. <laughs> I mean, oh god. The, start off with the bat. The the magnitude of the Battle of Loom. When you're watching the shard doing damage to all these ships and just all these Federation soldiers getting killed, the one particular scene where he's flying past one of the one of the the flight uh, one of the planes, space planes, I forget what it's called, one of the core fighters of uh, Saber Vicious. Say thank you, and he kicks the shit out of it. I was like, dude, that this man is not to be effed with. <laughs> period. Like his reputation is well earned. When you watch those first opening minutes of uh of gun of the origin you just see char just weaving through all the fleet just shooting up uh um all sorts of uh battleships i thought was just so expertly done and you also get to see the tri-stars at work which i thought was pretty cool you know when they pretty much take that huge that that heat hog and just split the bridge right in half of uh of uh of the of the flagship of the fleet uh i just i was completely sucked in from that point on but um some of the things i noticed in animation that i didn't really notice in the manga was uh shard does not speak that much at all like you you can tell of course he doesn't really have too many lines when he's young because he's a he's a child of few words and when he speaks he wants to make sure that his words have impact um but he's real sullen and he 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 looks like he's trying to kind of divorce himself emotionally from the situation because he's so angry about the situation. You could see it on his face. Um, you could see that Australia is exhausted throughout most of this. Like you see her in the background and she's just slumped on a couch and, you know, she is still still grieving about the death of her husband. And she was already exhausted when the saga began because her husband was out of his damn mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> He was keeping her up, screaming and yelling about, you know, his speech the next day and that he's going to be executed. And, you know, just, you know, what his state of mind was, you know, you finally get that insight on on what kind of guy that Zeon, uh, Zeon Daikun was. Um, you know, I, I, I like those subtle moments of uh, of a presentation where you, where you see how the characters are reacting and then the looks on their faces. Um, 
the final battle with Shar in the gun tank versus all the Federation gun tanks, how he's just mowing people down at a young age. I realized that because um, Haman and uh, and 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 uh, and uh, a sailor, I'll just call it a sailor. Forget it. Uh, are 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 witness to Shar's first moments of piloting a mobile suit, <laughs> and the fact he's willing to just drop bodies on a dime to protect what's important to him. You know, it, it's a quality that you know you'll come to see later on throughout the series so you know his development is the pretty much the most important factor of this first episode i know a lot of people had a problem with the pace of this first episode and how slow they thought it went and they wanted to see more but i'm quite comfortable with what how they're how they're taking their time with the uh with gun of the origin and especially slow. it didn't seem slow at all yeah but people wanted to see him like as an adult like they wanted to see them whiz past these inter- interesting chapters especially with Ramba Rawl and Jimbo Rawl as crazy as Jimbo is um no I-, I thought it was all important and I'm glad they didn't skip over anything including uh moments with uh with Girin, um, I, I like the times where Cassilia approaches him and he just does not give a damn about her and her interest and in her being involved in the machinations that he and Sasro were, you know, uh, working on in order to kind of slowly take over the Xeon government. You know, she's trying to, you know, f- to fight her way into, uh, having a, having, having some kind of command and some kind of, uh, you know, stature in this and he's just knocking her down every time and doesn't doesn't really care for all that much and you could just see what her motivations are going to be as the series goes along so i thought that to be an interesting observation of that too but uh, i was i i was i was definitely floored by watching this the score um you can hear like new music in this plus like runbacks from the original gundam series as well and i thought the score was one of the standout elements of this as well but before i ramble on even more i'll, I'll pass it over to chris excellent watch so, <clears throat> yeah, it's well animated. It's um, well casted. Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, young Casval is voiced by actress uh, Mayumi Tanaka, who is well known for playing Luffy in One Piece. Oh, and it's an interesting note here because in One Piece, Luffy idolizes a legendary pilot pirate named Red Hair Shanks. Who is voiced by <laughs> Shuichi Ikeda? Nice. I so full circle, baby. <laughs> basically, yes. The woman who plays Luffy plays young Casval, who grows up into Shuichi Ikeda. I should have realized that was Krillin. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, you know, I, I did find the pace kind of slow. I understand that it's only an hour, but mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised to see that they didn't even get through Volume Five. That's true. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. Like, there's a lot through. more volume five yeah. that they could have covered, and we just kind of end on this rather like not so great of an ending point of hey, we're FedExing these kids to Earth. To the end. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> I think like, they, they might be divvying it up between their ages. So like this is all about you know them being actual you know children, and then the next one is more about them them and their adolescence. So I, I don't know if that's going to be the standard pace, but um, maybe so. But I felt. With with just ending at that point and doing this in an hour, I felt kind of bored at times. Really? Honestly. Yeah. Wow. It's it's not that I dislike the material because obviously it comes straight from the manga, but it just felt a little stretched out. Mm-hmm. And um, also the the tone felt kind of strangely goofy at times. Right. Like it alternated. It did get between, that. It, it alternated between yeah. being like deadly serious and then just weirdly goofy, and I never got that vibe from uh 
from the manga when I was reading yeah. these same chapters. And also, like for example, um, another thing that it, you know it was not my impression from the manga, but they they made Jimba Raw like Crazy. even more of just a blistering, okay. like ridiculous, yeah. ranting and raving buffoon. Yeah, he, he was a bit too animated. Like yeah, he's, he's too crazy, too, too out there, too weird. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't exactly a fan of that, and you know, I understand why they did the opening for Loom because otherwise, there's no mobile suit battles <laughs> <laughs> aside from just the the minor gun tank rampage. And you know, how are you going to sell those uh, Zaku Two Commander type Origin version kits? Of course, exactly. <laughs> But I did like that opening battle and just sort of the, the frantic way that you see it unfolding with, uh, you know, moose eyes exploding everywhere and then just seeing, you know, finally getting to see in animation uh, Char and the Black Tri-Stars just wrecking shit. Unfortunately, you still wanted more. That's the problem yeah. with it. It's like, yeah. God damn it. Can't, can't this just be the whole episode? And just seeing things like, you know... Uh, bazooka rounds going through mm-hmm. bridges and then blowing them up. And oh, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. So I kind of expected them to cover a little bit more ground. And, you know, obviously it's a pretty long wait because, you know, for now we're in for the same unicorn release schedule of waiting six months before episode two. Oof. Yeah. No to Bandai. Stop this. <laughs> so I hope we don't run into the same foibles that Unicorn did of, oh, hey, we're actually going to extend it. So now, like, wait a year between episodes. Yeah, what they should have did is wait until they had, like, maybe three episodes already done and then start to release them, you know, uh, three months apart. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, it looks like they decided to. Yeah, I guess to- the danger we have is Mobile Suit Porn uh, <laughs> episode. That's the danger we have because of Unicorn. Yeah. You know, and I do want to address, um, you know, a complaint I've been hearing from people uh, rather, I don't want to say illegitimate, but just very ill-advised and, um, yeah, let's just go with illegitimate. You know, a lot of people, as long as I've been a Gundam fan, which is now 16 years, good God, mm-hmm. uh, people have had this bizarre obsession with wanting to have Mobile Suit Gundam remade from top to bottom with new animation. And they've had that obsession, Western fans have had that obsession, about as long as this obsession with getting Crossbone and Hathaway and Sentinel, Sentinel animated. Mm-hmm. And it actually gets pretty damn tiresome because, you know, we have people talking about it practically every year when there's going to be a new Gunnam announcement. Oh, maybe it's going to be a remake of the original. Maybe it's going to be a remake of the original, blah, blah, blah. And here's what I have said before and what I will say again, even in the face of the origin. If Sunrise wanted to remake Gundam, MSG for a new audience and for, uh, you know, trying to get a new generation in or trying to, you know, increase sales of stuff. They've had 36 years to do it. That's true. They have chosen not to do so in those 36 years. And I would say that that carries a lot more weight than just the uh, uninformed desires of Western fans who think that something would just be cool just because they like it. <laughs> so unfortunately this has created a problem that we saw that when origin was announced people just instantly assumed that it would be a tv length series with glorious unicorn level animation that would cover the entire story of uh the origin all the way from side seven through to the flashbacks through to the end of the one year war and obviously we're not getting that and when 
Sunrise confirmed there would be four parts and that it would be starting with Shar's origin story after his father's assassination. I would have thought at that point it would become obvious to people that this is not the full-on remake that they were expecting because it's four one-hour episodes. What, what do you expect to be crammed in there? And at the rate that they're going, it's probably just going to cover the, the Shore origin, and that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's what I'm expecting yeah. there. Or maybe just uh, you know a little bit more of the build-up to the one-year war. But I don't think we're going to be seeing 0079 in any serious capacity. You're well, not going to be seeing Amuro entering uh, a fancy new CG RX-78. Mm-hmm. I really don't see that happening, aside from like just maybe a random cameo at the end. But you're not going to see, you know, flying through New York, flying through Mexico, yeah. um, fighting Ramba Raw, fighting all of these people. It's just Miharu. You're not going to see that stuff. I just don't think they're going to. We're going to see that in these four one-hour episodes. They don't have the time to do that, so. I think they're just going to stick to the flashbacks and that's it. Yet people are just angry at this series for not being this thing that they wanted that was never promised to them. Yeah, and I saw there was actually someone who complained on the Mecha Talk forum that uh, he was considering dropping this after the first episode precisely because he expected it to be a full remake from beginning to end and not just um, flashbacks. And you know, my whole point of all of this rambling is don't blame Sunrise for not giving you something that they explicitly said they were not giving you. I know. If it's meant to be a companion piece of the TV show or the movies, I'm completely fine with that. And I don't know why people are so quick to have this knee-jerk reaction to want because to drop fans. something. I don't – it's 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 an annoying – Because the internet. It's like people's attention span has just shrank to the size of a net and it's 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 a goddamn shame. It really is because they're going to miss out on some some – some quality entertainment, especially if they're not reading the uh, the mangas for 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 Gun of the Origin, which I'm assuming a lot of them are. But um, I still am glad to see that we got this. And you know, if it's just only four parts and it only covers the flashback, I, I'll take what I can get at this point because it's not crap. I, if it was garbage, I can understand you dropping it. But it is it is definitely an entertaining well, watch. Isn't that all it is? Really, in the end, it's just a gateway to get people to either buy the books or buy models. I mean, it's really, and especially like you said, Chris, it's not like they said, new Gundam coming, details when it, out, when it premieres, and then you'd be like, oh, but they told you far enough in advance. It's only going to be four episodes. It's a four-episode OVA. It's going to, you know, the first one's going to be part of the flashback. But I just see it as just, uh, just kind of um, an additional thing for the origin that it's like, okay, you have this manga series, now it's so popular and we have such faith in it that let's put a few pieces of it in, in, in animation. So we'll just give it to, you know, more of a caveat to people to, you know, here, here's, some more, here's some more frosting on top of your cake. You know, here you go. That's all I really see it as. And I, and I think the remake thing, that's just a byproduct of the people in the United States and West because everything that we have now outside of very few things it's all a lot of remakes now everything's getting remade i mean stuff that was movies that were done five years ago five ten years ago are being remade now so that's just the fever we have here so and let's not kid ourselves you know a lot of the alternate universes are just loose remakes already yeah Yeah. so why bother reimagining a lot of them i mean yeah 
going at it again with the original, especially when like the most gunpla that sells is already from the original series anyway, and all yeah. of the new shows are just <clears throat> gateway drugs to get you to the original series. So it's been working fine for them for nearly 40 years, and I don't see them dropping the cash to make this uh, remake of the original series. So I just don't see it happening. And at the very least, if it ever does happen, it's not going to happen with Gun and the Origin. Well, I'll just I'll just put it to people this way. Maybe the Western fans will understand this in terms. You know, I think you're not going to get a remake anytime soon of the original series, just like we wouldn't have a remake of the original Star Wars in the Western culture, because I'm sure the Japanese would have a shit fit if original Mobile Suit Gundam was redone, just like all these Star Wars fans would have a, a shit fit if if they said tomorrow, well, you know what? The 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 special effects are kind of old in Star Wars: A New Hope. Let's just redo it because we got all this stuff now. I mean, the special special edition. <laughs> no, I'm talking actual I'm talking an actual remake. I'm full, not saying a full, a full on a full on re redo, basically. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I yeah that's mm-hmm. what I said. A remake, just like more lens flares. Yeah, they want a remake of Mobile Suit Gundam. They you know they want to just completely redraw the whole thing. The whole new cast and everything on that. So this is kind of dumb, but you know another another criticism I had is that uh, and when we get to these flashbacks, they start in volume five after you've already been with these characters for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the anime kind of just sort of picks up immediately there in this flashback. And what I'm getting at is the way it it's plays out there's really not much context given to who these characters are or why you should like really care about them mm-hmm. so i don't oh, you think, have to have a basis in the book yeah you have to have a basis in the book yeah. or at least having watched the anime that's why i'm saying this. it's it's an addendum to these it's an addendum August. it's yeah. it's not really suitable if people are thinking about this as an introductory yeah anime for new gundam fans if you want to you know do this like prequel style and show them the four parts of origin once it's done and then move into the MSG movies or TV show, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, no, you can't do Because that. I just don't see how this would be interesting to a non-Gundam fan. They, they would probably be bored by it. I mean, if I was bored by this first episode a bit, I could see someone who doesn't even know who the hell these characters are wondering, who is this Kazval? Why do I care? Who's this guy in a mask? Who's this Rambaral guy? Who cares? So, yeah. you know, don't don't show it to people as a first exposure to Gundam is what I'm saying. Yeah. So wrapping it up, Neil, what rating do you give to this first episode of origin? Um, I'd have to give it uh, three and a half volumes out of five. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it's based on the fifth volume. So. I, I thought you were going to give it like some gun tanks or something, man. Your gun tank was like the champion of this whole episode, man. At least proto gun tank, man. Uh, no, I'll give this, um, Three three and a half uh, Lady Wolverine haircuts out of five. There you go. Now we're talking. <laughs> so, bro, your rating? I I'll rank it a bit higher because I, I was I was I was absolutely entertained by this. Uh, Four point five uh, fights with Lucifer out of five. That cat needs some. Uh, that cat needs some discipline. <laughs> I will give this one uh, three and a half Zeon barkeeps out of five. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to old um, Clamp. 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 That yeah. guy. All right, so we'll be checking back in with Origin probably at the end of the year if all goes as planned and it's not delayed. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
looked down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal. That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a Gun. damn about your personal life. Start talking. <laughs> hey, Garma. Do you read me? Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. What? Misfortune? That's right. Char. You're not saying that you were indeed a very good friend to me. Don't take it personally. You can thank your father for this. Shar, <laughs> you... <laughs> you double-crossed me, Shar! I have something here for you. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. But your uncle wouldn't allow it. He feared you might follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You've been listening to episode 160 where we reviewed episodes 17 through 20 of Gundam Reconquista in G and we also gave our we also had a discussion on the first episode of Gundam the Origin the OVA series hope you guys enjoyed our reviews and if you guys ever want to feed uh, the, the hitters with your opinions about the episode or what we had to say make sure to go to Mecha Talk. keep them to yourself <laughs> Uh, no, just go on to mechatalk.net, find the Gundam at MHQ forum, and then find the uh, the entry for this episode. And feel free to uh, let us know what you think as well. Of course, we don't have time to do uh, mailbag this episode. We apologize for that. We we ran kind of long with two segments, so I hope you guys enjoyed what we had to say in those segments. And uh, thank you again for your patience. We'll we'll have mailbag in a future episode. Before we close things out, I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic over to Chris. Uh, Chris, anything you wanted to to mention before we end this? I just want to make a quick note that. Uh, as of this recording, we're coming just a week after MHQ celebrated its 15th anniversary. Yes. So, y- yay, I guess. Happy yay. 15, 15 years, man. Dang, man. It, this, that's a dog's age. <laughs> Don't remind me. Oh, man. Hey, man. April the 1st, man. The time April Fools rolls around, remember. Remember us fools here on Gundam and, of course, MHQ.net. It turns, it turns another year older. But uh, congratulations, Chris, man. You and Dale, of course, and everybody else involved at MHQ and who's been making entries to the website for years. Anything else you wanted to mention about that or any anything special happened that day? Just the standard, um, you know, big anniversary update launched some new sections of review. So check those out mm-hmm. and some more sections coming along the way. And, uh, you know, it surprises me every year that uh, this site still exists and this runs <laughs> on as it has. And then I say to myself, what have I done with my life all these years? <laughs> life is full of surprises. We're on a hey, Kurt, I was going to say, Chris, any, uh, any thought of bringing back the Coliseum? One of the <laughs> greatest parts of the Mechatalk Forum. Uh, n- no, never. <laughs> that, was, that was the most horrible idea ever. Come on. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, I just want to thank everyone, whether they are visitors to the website or to MechaTalk or a listener on Gundam or Chaos Theater, because obviously if people were not engaged, then there wouldn't be much point in doing this stuff. So 
thank you to everyone who uh, has been around, especially those old timers who have been with us some since the start, since the very beginning, since our very first year. So I thank people for their dedication and their continued patronage. Yeah. And awesome. That's it. Awesome, man. It, yeah, if, if anything, it's, it's you guys that keep MAHQ going. So if you've never been to MAHQ, make sure to amp, go to MAHQ.net and pay them a visit and uh, check out the site and the reviews and everything that's there. It's a treasure trove of information for uh, Mecha Anime. And uh, many thanks to Chris and Dale for keeping it going all this time. Real quick, I just want to remind people, if you live in Florida, um, there is an event going on called the Florida Anime Experience 2015. It's going to be happening the weekend of April 24th through 26th uh, of this year and if you want more information you can visit floridaanime.com uh, I'll be uh, out of Gundam I'll be the one that's going and I'll be participating in a podcast summit that's going to involve uh, myself plus people from the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast my boy Doc and his crew Anime 3000 Podcast the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast Anime World Order Anime An- uh, um, Anime America Podcast and, and several others so I hope you guys come and visit the podcast summit which is happening on Saturday and I'll be hosting some panels. Uh, I'll be providing more details over on uh, Gundam.net if you guys want more information on the other panels that will be happening that weekend. And the schedule you can find at FloridaAnime.com. Uh, hey, Sobro, um, mm-hmm. is um, the topic of anime going to be covered during any of this these gatherings? Because uh, that's the word I keep hearing and everything. <laughs> one, one might think. <laughs> I don't know. We might talk about golf. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. If you're in Florida and you're going to be coming to the Florida Anime Experience, it's right here in Orlando. And if you guys are going to be there, hit me up on Twitter at SoberRyu. Let me know you're going, and I'll be glad to meet up with you guys. Um, I also want to give a special heartfelt thanks to several people who uh, helped me out in a personal moment over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I had some computer issues, and it kind of uh, knocked out my PC for a couple of weeks. And several people rallied together to kind of make donations to uh, to help with that. I want to thank uh, Crestborn, Yaz. Z88, Fort Zero, Berserker 8, and Archetype Saber for rallying together to donating to help me uh, replace the processor on my PC so I can uh, get these edits out faster and uh, be able to, to stream and do other things. So thank you guys so much for helping with that. And uh, it just goes to show that you know, we, we've had a community build around Gundam and all the other things that we do. And uh, thank you guys for helping me out. I really do appreciate it. But uh, before we close things out, make sure to check out these websites when you have time. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, Look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. 
YouTube.com slash Gundam M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And thanks again for listening to episode 160 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Never have. Command ship. Don't understand. Arm defense. Never have. Command ship. As long as I stay. Arm defense mechanism. Never am fluid. Command. Don't understand. No way. Arm defense. Never have. Command ship. As long as I stay. You may do. Arm defense mechanism. Don't compare me with Stark. He's a sickness. Ah, Junior. You're going to break your old man's heart. If I have to. Nobody has to break anything. Clearly you've never made an omelette. You beat me by one second. Ah, this is funny, Mr. Stark. It's what, comfortable? Like old times? This was never my life. You two can still walk away from this. No, we will. If you believe in peace, then let us keep it. I think you're confusing peace with quiet. Uh Uh-huh. What's the vibranium for? I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Force is strong in my family. Father has it. I have it. My sister has it. You have that power too.